Hello and welcome to today's episode of the Not Just a Lawyer podcast. I'm Sarah Avery of Sarah Avery Legal Practice. Today I'll be talking about private prosecutions because it's come up in the media that there are a couple of politicians who've said we're ex-prosecutors and we want to institute a private prosecution against the former Attorney General. So I'm going to give you a little bit of background about private prosecutions, at least in the Australian Capital Territory, which is where I operate. I'm recording this podcast on the traditional lands of the Ngunnawal and Ngambri people, and I pay my respects to their elders past, present and emerging. Regrettably, I'm still opposite a construction site while I record this, so you might hear some metallic drilling or sawing in the background, so please do your best to ignore that. So let's talk about private prosecutions. Now, I think that the gist of what I'm telling you is applicable in other states and territories broadly, but I'll talk about the Australian Capital Territory today because that is where I work. So we've got the Magistrates Court Act and that sets out how prosecutions are commenced. And it turns out that private individuals can start prosecutions. But let's have a think about whether as a matter of practicality, that is a good idea. Just hypothetically, So we know that prosecutions are usually commenced by an informant who happens to be a police officer. That's how it's usually done. So the police are an investigative organisation. They are law enforcement. That is their job to help the community stay safe, to detect crime and to prosecute offences, at least by way of having charges laid before the court and starting those prosecutions. In the Australian Capital Territory, once those charges are laid, professional prosecutors who work at the Office of the Director of Public Prosecutions take over the prosecution and they bring an independent mind to the prosecution. So that's how it usually happens. But it is available to private citizens to start those prosecutions themselves. I'm not going to go into how chapter and verse because quite frankly, I suspect it's usually a bad idea to do that. So let's just say that an individual has commenced a prosecution. So an individual who is a private citizen, not part of uh, law enforcement, and by that I mean not acting in their duties as a police officer, they've done this. We could also draw in people who work for regulatory bodies because sometimes they commence prosecutions as well. So let's rule out you're not with you're not with any of those bodies. You're Joe Bloggs off the street wanting to prosecute. So what might you need to be thinking about? Well, for starters, you might be thinking about why the police or a regulatory body haven't commenced a prosecution. Is it because they have looked at the information but don't think there's a case to answer? Is it because they've looked at the information and they don't think it's in the public interest? Or in rare cases, you might be wondering if there might be something more at play. And I suspect that is the reason why some people bring private prosecutions. For whatever reason, they don't trust the state and they decide to use their judgment that they obviously consider to be more informed and more correct and they bring those private prosecutions. But what happens if they actually do that? Well, 
I can't go chapter and verse into everything that might occur, but I'd like to tell you about the Director of Public Prosecutions Act. Now, Section 8 of that Act says that the Director of Public Prosecutions can take over the conduct of proceedings. And let's have a look at the ACT Director of Public Prosecutions, which I'm going to call the DPP from now on, Prosecution Policy of the Australian Capital Territory. This tells us when the DPP might be considering taking over private prosecutions. So let's hear what they've got to say. Not all prosecutions are initiated by police officers or other officials acting in the course of their public duty. The right of a private individual to institute a prosecution has been described as a valuable constitutional safeguard against inertia or partiality on the part of authority. Nevertheless, the right is open to abuse and to the intrusion of improper personal or other motives. Further, there may be considerations of public policy why a private prosecution, although instituted in good faith, should not proceed, or at least should not be allowed to remain in private hands. Consequently, Section 8 of the DPP Act enables the Director to take over the conduct of prosecutions initiated by another person. Thereafter, the prosecution may be continued or brought to an end. So, the policy then talks about there being a really large range of circumstances that might give rise to a private prosecution. And so they say it is impracticable to lay down inflexible rules as to the manner in which the discretion will be exercised. In general, however, a private prosecutor will be permitted to retain the conduct of the proceedings unless A. There is insufficient evidence to justify the continuation of the prosecution. That is to say, there is no reasonable prospect of a conviction being secured on the available evidence. B. The prosecution is not in the public interest. C. There are reasons for suspecting that the decision to institute a private prosecution was actuated by improper motives or otherwise constituted an abuse of the prosecution process. Or D, it would not be in the interests of justice for the conduct of the prosecution to remain within the discretion of a private individual, having regard to the gravity of the offence and all the surrounding circumstances. They further say, where a private prosecution is instituted to circumvent an earlier decision of the director not to proceed with a prosecution for the same offence, it will usually be appropriate to take over the prosecution with a view to bringing it to an end. So there you go. The DPP says we can't be absolutely inflexible about setting down rules and we do think that it should stay in the hands of the private prosecutor except if there are several things at play. Insufficient evidence, not in the public interest, the decision is to get revenge or otherwise an abusive process or other improper motives, propel it, or it is otherwise not in the interests of justice for that private prosecution to stay in the hands of a private prosecutor. It's something that really should be with the DPP. So there you go. Those are the things that the DPP will be looking at. Now, we have in the Australian Capital Territory had the courts dealing with private prosecutions before, 
because we often have Commonwealth laws at play because we're a territory, there is an example um, from recent years of a private individual bringing a prosecution, which was within the magistrate's court, and it was for Commonwealth offences. And so the Commonwealth DPP took over the matter and brought it to an end. That was a prosecution against former Attorney General George Brandis. So it doesn't happen that often, but it does happen from time to time. Now, you saw, or you heard rather, that the DPP guidelines refer to this being an important constitutional safeguard. So if we unfortunately were living during a time of intense corruption, which thankfully I am not in the Australian Capital Territory, then you would be looking at people probably considering bringing private prosecutions more often because they might not have confidence that people are prosecuted as they should be. A lot of the time, people bringing private prosecutions are at a disadvantage because they have to fund them themselves, because they are not professional law enforcement people, so they don't have the investigation skills that regulatory bodies and policing bodies have, and they very likely don't have the legal skills either. I'm very fortunate that in the Australian Capital Territory, we have professional prosecutors dealing with all matters. That means that I'm dealing with officers of the court who have duties to the court and who have to act with integrity and fairness. I would have more confidence dealing with a prosecutor than with a private individual bringing a prosecution. That's not to say that individuals don't bring prosecutions in good faith, but it is to say that in terms of the efficiency before the courts and understanding the case against your client, I would every day, hands down, prefer to be dealing with a professional prosecutor like the prosecutors at the Office of the Director of Public Prosecutions. So this is a short and sweet account about private prosecutions. You may think there are pros and cons. I would say when there is a general period of reliability of the government, when you are not super concerned that there is corruption that might impact on prosecution decisions, then it is in everyone's best interests to leave prosecutions to the professional prosecutors. If we were in a different time period where there were a lot of corruption in that hypothetical situation, I think we would see more private prosecutions and there would probably be more pros in having them occur. Now, in terms of the individuals saying that they're going to bring a private prosecution against former Attorney General Christian Porter, it strikes me that it is very likely, depending on which jurisdiction they bring that prosecution in, that it's likely to be subsumed or taken over by whoever the Director of Public Prosecutions is. And given that other bodies have obviously given some pretty strong thought about whether or not to prosecute, they'll probably be brought to an end. But I don't know the ins and outs of where they're intending to do this or what information they are likely to rely on. So I'll keep an open mind about that. That is just my guesstimate based on the little information that I currently have available.
private prosecutions are something that the average member of the public knows nothing about, so I'm really pleased to be able to spread the knowledge a little further. I hope you found this informative and interesting. I'd like to thank you again for listening to today's episode of the Not Just a Lawyer podcast. I'm Sarah Avery of Sarah Avery Legal Practice.